I'm just going to start out. I, I just want to make you think here. Um, uh, get, get you thinking. I, I, I don't know what you're going to take out of this. There was George Washington had a vision, and a lot has been written about that. A guy wrote a book by John Grady. Uh, he's an MD, and uh, I'm just I'm just going to read this vision because <laughs> the the Holy Spirit is showing him the future of our country in three different sections. And uh, I believe that where we are right now is what he saw, the third thing that he saw. But just a little setup here, um, various accounts of Washington's vision and prophecy all agree in content. There have only been minor variations in some details as the story was repeated over the years by those to whom it was related to by George Washington. The place was Valley Forge. It was cold and bitter in the winter of 1977 or 1777, Washington's army had suffered several reverses, and the situation was desperate. Food was scarce. The Continental Congress was not sending supplies or money. Some of the troops did not even have shoes to wear in the snow. Many soldiers were sick and dying from disease and exposure. Morale was at an all-time low, and there was great agitation in the colonies against the effort to secure our freedom from England. Those are the words, these are the words of a first-hand observer, Anthony Sherman, who was there and describes the situation. You doubtless heard the story of Washington's going to the thicket to pray on a daily basis. And it's not only true, but he used to often to pray in secret for aid and comfort from God, the interposition of, of, of whose divine providence brought us safely through the darkest days of tribulation one day. I remember it well when the chilly winds whistled through the leafless trees, though the sky was cloudless and the sun shone brightly. He remained in his quarters nearly all afternoon alone. When he came out, I noticed that his face was a shade paler than usual. There seemed to be something on his mind of more than ordinary importance. Returning just after dusk, he dispatched an orderly to the quarters of the officer I mentioned who was presently in attendance. After a preliminary conversation of about a half hour, Washington, gazing upon his companion with that strange look of dignity which he alone commanded, related the event that occurred that day. Here's, his, here's Washington's own words. This afternoon, I was sitting at this table, engaged in preparing a dispatch. Something seemed to disturb me. Looking up, I beheld standing opposite me a, a beautiful a singularly beautiful female. So astonished was I, for I had given strict orders not to be disturbed, that it was some moments before I found language to inquire the cause of her presence. A second, a third, and even fourth time, I repeated my question, received no answer from my mysterious visitor except a slight raising of her eyes. By this time, I felt a strange sensation spreading through me, I would have risen, but the riveted gauge, gaze of the being before me rendered volition impossible. I essayed once more to address her, but my tongue had become useless, as though it be had become paralyzed. Who's, who's, who's read this? Raise your hand if you've read this. Okay. A new, um, a new influence, mysterious, potent, irresistible, took possession of me. All I could do was gaze steadily, vacantly at my unknown visitor. 
Gradually, the surrounding atmosphere seemed as if it had become filled with sensations and luminous. Everything about me seemed to rarefy, the mysterious visitor herself becoming more airy, yet more distinct to my sight than before. I now began to feel as one dying, or rather to experience the sensations which I have sometimes imagined accompany disillusion. I did not think, I did not reason, I did not move. All were impossible. All I was only conscious of gazing fixedly, vacantly at my companion. I heard a voice saying, son of the republic, look and learn. While at the same time, my visitor extended her arm eastward. I now beheld a heavy white vapor at some distance, rising fold upon fold. This gradually dissipated. I looked upon a strange scene. Before me lay spread out in one vast plain all the countries of the world, Europe, Asia, Africa, and America. I saw rolling and tossing between Europe and America. The billows of the Atlantic and between Asia and America lay the Pacific. Son of the Republic said the same mysterious voice as before, look and learn. At that moment, I beheld a dark, shadowy being like an angel standing or rather floating in midair between Europe and America, dipping water out of the ocean in the hollow of each hand. He sprinkled some upon America with his right hand while with his left hand he cast some on Europe. Immediately, a cloud raised from these countries and joined in mid-ocean. For a while, it remained stationary, then moved slowly westward until it enveloped America in its murky folds. Sharp flashes of lightning gleamed through, through it at intervals. I heard the smothered groans and cries of the American people. A second time, the angel dipped water from the ocean, sprinkled it out as before. The dark cloud was then drawn back to the ocean in whose heaving billows it sank from view. A third time, I heard the mysterious voice saying, Son of the Republic, look and learn. I cast my eyes upon America, beheld villages, towns, and cities springing up one after another until the whole land from the Atlantic to the Pacific was dotted with them. So the Lord was showing him you know, what America would become. Again, I heard the mysterious voice say, Son of the Republic, the end of the century cometh. Look and learn. At this dark, shadowy angel, as this dark, shadowy angel turned his face southward from Africa, I saw an ill-omened spectra approach our land. It flitted slowly over every town in the city of the latter. The inhabitants presently set themselves in battle array against each other. As I continued looking, I saw a bright angel on whose brow rested a crown of light on which was traced the word union bearing the American flag, which he placed between the divided nation. Remember ye are brethren. Instantly the inhabitants, casting from their weapons, became friends once more and, the, and, and united around the national standard. That was a civil war. He saw the civil war. And again I heard the mysterious voice saying, Son of the Republic, look and learn. At this, the dark, shadowy angel placed a trumpet to his mouth, blew three distinct blasts, taking water from the ocean. He sprinkled it up on Europe, Asia, and Africa. Then my eyes beheld, beheld a fearful scene. From each of these countries arose thick black clouds that were soon joined into one. 
Throughout this mass, there gleamed a dark red light by which I saw hordes of armed men who, moving with the cloud, marched by land, sailed by sea to America. Our country was enveloped in this volume of cloud. I saw these vast armies devastate the whole country, burn the villages, towns, cities that I beheld springing up. As my ears listened to the thundering of the cannon, clashing of swords and shouts and cries of millions in mortal combat, I heard again the mysterious voice saying, Son of the Republic, look and learn. When the voice had ceased, the dark shadowy angel placed his trumpet once more to his mouth and blew a long, fearful blast. Instantly, a light as of a thousand suns shone down from above me and pierced and broke into the fragments in the dark cloud which enveloped America. At the same moment, the angel upon whose head still shone the word union, who bore our national flag in one hand and a sword in the other, descended from the heavens, attended by legions of spirits. These immediately joined the inhabitants of America, who I perceived were well nigh overcome, but who immediately taking courage again, closed up their broken ranks and renewed the battle. Again, amid the fearful noise of the conflict, I heard the mysterious voice saying, son of the Republic, look and learn. As the voice ceased, the shadowy angel for the last time dipped water from the ocean, sprinkled it upon America. Instantly, the dark cloud rolled back together with the armies it had brought, leaving inhabitants of the land victorious. Then once more I beheld the villages, towns, and cities springing up where I had seen them before. While the bright angel planting the azure standard he had brought in the midst of them cried with a loud voice, while the stars remain and the heavens send down dew upon the earth, so long shall the union last. And taking from his brow the crown on which blazoned the word union, he placed it upon the standard while the people kneeling down said amen. The scene began to fade and dissolve, and at last I saw nothing but the rising, curling vapor I had first beheld. Beheld This also disappearing, I found myself once more gazing upon the mysterious visitor, who in the same voice I had heard before said, Son of the Republic, what you have seen is thus interpreted. Three great perils will come upon the Republic. The most fearful is the third. But in this greatest conflict, the whole world united shall not prevail against her. Let every child of the republic learn to live for his God, his land, and the union. With these words, the vision vanished, and I started from my seat and felt that I had seen a vision where I had been shown to me the birth, progress, and destiny of the United States. Thus ended George Washington's vision and prophecy. Many people have tried to uh, pick this apart. He's got some commentary I do not agree with at all. George Washington's vision has been published. I'm just going to read some of it because it's very key, what he says in the end. From time to time, and is recorded in the Library of Congress. This vision is recorded in the Library of Congress. What I've related regarding this prophecy, as well as the explanations and remarks setting the historical background of this profound event, are not original thoughts or even initially reported facts. It has simply been my duty to set them down in order to increase your understanding and motivation for the struggle ahead. In Washington's vision, he saw America attacked and invaded by vast military forces. He saw that with those forces, there gleamed a dark red light, the color, he's saying the color and symbol of communism, and I'm going to make a point about that. He saw our cities aflame as a result of, he thinks, either a nuclear attack burned by invading enemy forces, listen to this, or perhaps set afire 
by mobs fomenting anarchy and revolution. And, you know, being that it's, it, it's in the spirit, it may not, it could have been armies of demons. It could have been what he saw. But I think this, it's just something for you to think about because he did see America being victorious in the end. Um, I don't know if that's the millennium uh, when Jesus comes back in the very end. I don't know when that is. Um, this message tonight is coming straight from a man I consider a great preacher, the most knowledgeable person, in my opinion, that I know of the end times. His name is Joe Morris. And if you were to Google Joe Morris Ministries, you'll see something called EDU on his website. It stands for End of Days Update. It's a weekly email. You can get this. You can get every, every sign Every sign, scriptural sign that's fulfilled, he's on there every week, and he's telling you what it is. And so it's a weekly update as prophetic signs from the Bible get revealed almost on a daily basis. And are you, um, are you, but you guys are aware, actually, that the Bible says you have to study things out for yourself, correct? And you'll see the first thing Joe Morris says is there's no signs of the rapture. You know that whole chapter? In uh, Matthew, where Jesus is given that dark, dismal, you know who he's talking to? He's talking to the Jews. He's telling the Jews what they're going to go through. But we can take hints from that because the rapture is only seven years earlier, all right? Which, which tells us we're close to the rapture. If you want, want to write in saying, prove it, prove there's no signs on the rapture, I'm going to write back and say, study it out for yourself. I've got another sermon. So let's get into it. Just weeks ago, the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, Kuwait, Qatar, some of these countries are still in these negotiations. Sudan, uh, Lebanon now is doing water rights. These all had a peace treaty or are moving towards a peace treaty. Other countries also moving towards a peace treaty with Israel. All right? It's the first in decades with an Arab country since Egypt and Jordan did it. I believe the broker of that whole deal was a man named Anwar Sadat, who was assassinated. He was the prime minister of Egypt for his efforts, although Jimmy Kata tried to take the credit, okay? It was the Egyptian prime minister, all right? And I have nothing against Jimmy Carter. I guess he's my third or fourth cousin, so... <laughs> But I'm get, what I'm getting at here is you can see these countries lining up just as the Bible talks about. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the Ezekiel 38 war. These countries that are signing on on this peace treaty with Israel, what a coincidence, are not in, listed in the Ezekiel 38 war. There's going to be a war. Most scholars believe now it's immediately after the rapture, within the first three years after the rapture, where Israel is completely surrounded. The Bible is very clear who these countries are and what their motivations are, all right? And I think it's really interesting that every one of these Arab nations that are making peace treaties with Israel now are not mentioned in Ezekiel 38. Do not attack Israel in this war. And so Ezekiel 38, let's just let's let's go through this this war, okay? And just bear with me. Um, the word of the Lord came to me 
saying, Ezekiel 38, 1, here's verse 2, Son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, of Mesha, and Tubal, and prophesy against him. And say, thus says the Lord God, behold, I'm against you, O Gog, chief prince ruler of Rosh, of Meshech, and Tubal. These countries um, that attack Israel and completely surround Israel. And I tell you what, if this happens before we go, all right, either that says one thing, all right? I mean, I I believe um, the rapture is coming, and and I believe I could just about prove it before the tribulation. I believe we are not going through the tribulation. Um, but if, it do, if, this, if this war happens before the rapture, all right, um, we know we are very, very close if we see this. I do not believe we'll see this. And so thus says the Lord God. Um, and, you know, these countries, Russia, Iran, um, all the Soviet satellite states, all their little countries, okay, that they own. Um, Turkey, Ethiopia, Libya, among others. These are the, the, when you see these names, Gog, um, uh, Persia, Iran, Kush, uh, Libya, all right? Um, all these countries will, will completely surround Israel. And if you're paying attention, it's happening right now. It's already happening. All right, they are already in position to do it. It says, I will turn you back and put hooks in your jaws. He's talking to these countries. He's talking to Russia right now. I'll bring you forth and all your army, horses and horsemen, all them clothed in full armor, a great company with buckler and shield of them handling swords, Persia, Cush, uh, Libya with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all his hordes, the house of Togaramah in the uttermost parts of the north and all his hordes, many people are with you. You, Gog, be prepared. Yes, prepare yourself, you and all your companies, because Russia leads, leads the charge that are assembled about you, and you be a guard and a commander for them. After many days you shall be visited and mustered for service. In the latter years you shall go against the land that is restored from the ravages of my sword. Where people are gathered out of many nations. That's Israel. They've gathered. They've come from all over the world. All right? Upon the mountains of Israel, which had been a continual waste before they got there. It, Mark Twain visited Israel in the late 1800s and said, it's, it's a wasteland. Nothing can grow there. No one lives there. All right? So forget about it when they tell you they had that. They had that. No one was interested until they got there. No one was interested in that land until they got there. And so it says, it says uh, but its people are brought out, forth out of nations, and they shall dwell Securely. Well, that's, pro- that's a prophecy. They've been brought back, all right? You shall ascend and come like a storm. You shall be like a cloud to cover the land. You and all your host and many people with you. Thus says the Lord God, at the same time, thoughts shall come into your mind and you will devise an evil plan. You will say, I will go against an open country, the land of unwalled villages. I will fall upon those who are at rest, who dwell securely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates, to take spoil 
and pray and turn your hand upon the desolate places now inhabited and assail the people gathered out of the nations. That's Israel. Who have obtained livestock and goods and who are now prospering. And that nation, if you ever visit it, very, very uh, prosperous in, in farming. That, that, what a coincidence. When they got there in 48, nothing. And now go through and see how, how it, it just prospers. And the it's, it's, Bible talks about that too. That's, that's prophecy. Verse 13, Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish with all the young lions. It's the only reference to the United States in the Bible. What's, what's the English uh, crest? What's their seal? It's a lion. The Bible calls us the young lions. So this shows the position we are in, right? If we know that if Israel was surrounded today, that we would join them, correctly? Correct? You know we would, all right? And so here's the thing. We say, have you come to take spoil? Have you gathered your company to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take great spoil? We just ask a question. So we are not in position to help them. Obviously, we are not. In, either our government is against it, or we are not in position. Verse 14, therefore, son of man, prophesy and say, God, thus says the Lord, in that day when my people Israel dwell securely, will you not know and be aroused? And you will come from your place out of the uttermost parts of the earth, you and many peoples with you, all of them, riding on horses, a great host, a mighty army. You shall come up against my people like a cloud to cover the land. In the latter days, I will bring you against my land that the nations may know, understand, and realize me when my holiness shall be vindicated through you, vindicated in honor in your overwhelming destruction. He's talking to Russia. O God, before their eyes. And thus says the Lord God, are you he of whom I have spoken in olden times by my servants, the prophets of Israel, who prophesied in, them in those days for years that I would bring you Gog against them? But in that day when God shall come against the land of Israel, says the Lord God, my wrath shall come up, up in my nostrils. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath have I said, surely in that day shall there be a great shaking, a cosmic catastrophe in the land of Israel. So that the fishes of the sea, the birds of the heavens, the beasts of the field, and all the creeping things that creep on the earth, all the men that are upon the face of the earth shall tremble. This will be an international, worldly disaster what happens to these armies and shake at my presence the mountains shall be thrown down the steep places shall fall and every wall shall fall to the ground i will call for a sword against gog throughout all my mountains says the lord every man's sword shall be against his brother and with the pestilence and with the bloodshed i will enter into judgment with gog i will reign upon him and upon his hordes and upon the many peoples that are with him torrents of rain and great hailstone, fire and brimstone. Sounds almost Old Testament, doesn't it? And it destroys them, completely destroys those armies, and the world will witness it. The, I, I just pray we are not here to witness that. Thus will I demonstrate my greatness in my, because we know we are at the end there. And I will be recognized, understood, and known in the eyes of many nations. Yes, they shall know that I am the Lord, the sovereign ruler who calls forth loyalty and obedient service. And I believe this will be after the rapture. Joe Morris believes this will be after the rapture. 
And we can already see how the whole thing's setting up because all these nations mentioned in Ezekiel 38, every single one of these nations, all right, they are not and will not be in a peace treaty with Israel. But what a coincidence. All the guys that are entering into a peace treaty with Israel are not mentioned in Ezekiel 38. Such a coincidence. Such a coincidence. So this deal between the Emirates and Israel about a month ago caused great turmoil, many threats. The, you know, these are all, and take this how you will, all these Arab states that are making peace treaties with Israel are Sunni Muslims. Do you understand? Not Shiite. Iran is Shiite. These are Sunni Muslims, okay? And so um, this was a huge deal, such a huge deal. The first pa commercial passenger jet that flew from Israel to the Emirates was outfitted with the latest missile technology. Um, it was a big deal. One of Trump's top advisors, Jerry Kushner, was on that flight. Nobody, a lot of people don't know this. Saudi Arabia um, has been allowing Israeli jets to refuel at their military bases in their country for the last two years. We will see Saudi Arabia eventually also join that peace treaty. And, you know, this is not a, it's, it's not a world-known fact, but that's a big deal Israeli jets using uh, their air bases. Also, late, late, late August, early September, you had an Israeli airstrike just south of Damascus in Syria. It killed five Iranian militia and wounded 10. What's that all about? Well, there's a weapons depot there that they were hitting where Iran keeps shipping these missiles into Syria, trying to get them to Lebanon and Hezbollah, who are sitting on the border. If you ever take a living word trip or a Billy Brim trip to, to Israel, you will, you, will, you will stand on a mountain and you will look over and you will see Hezbollah looking at you. All right? Sometimes they even wave. All right? They're just staring at each other. And so you can, you can see, you can actually see these borders um, and what's going on. Um, there's a lot of little things like this going on and really... It's going to culminate with Israel being completely surrounded. The main players being Russia, Turkey, and Iran, with a lot of other little countries, and the stage is being set for this war we just read about. Late August, early September, an Iranian drone flying towards Saudi Arabia was shot, shot down, and Iran touting their little mini air force of drones. They've gotten hold of technology for these new drones. They have, and they're really just trying to show the whole thing off here. These drones have specialized landing gear, a higher level of technology than they had before, and they have a fleet of them. The International Atomic Energy Agency says that Iran is far closer to the completion of a nuclear bomb than they have ever been before. They're saying they're much further than they were when the Obama administration paid them millions of dollars in cash to stop. Early September, there was a huge explosion in Lebanon of ammonium nitrate. That is a, a terrorist weapon, and they verified that it was ammonium nitrate that exploded in Lebanon and verified that it was also being produced. And uh, through that, a terrorist attack was stopped on London this was all late August, early September. You have the Turkish army, which is in the Middle East is no slouch. In the, as the Middle Eastern armies go for the Middle East, they have a large modern army. You've, you've had the secular media talking about how even the secular media 
talking about how Turkey is expanding its influence on a daily basis and is already surrounding Israel. It's been talked about in the American media, if you pay attention. You've got Turkish troops. Could we put up that, uh, the map of, of the Middle East so, so you can just get a look at this? Those of you who are, who are not familiar with this, I, I'm hoping they, that we got the map of the Middle East. Um, okay, you can see how little Israel is there, right? You see the country just to the north, Lebanon. Um, you know, Lebanon used to be a Christian country. I don't know if you knew that. Um, you can see uh, that border, Syria just slightly borders Israel, which is that, just that little sliver on the Mediterranean Sea. Um, Egypt to the south, Turkey to the north. So you see how Turkey, um, is, is, they've moved down into Syria and even Lebanon. Russia has bases in Syria. This is all set up. It's getting set up. Um, you have Turkish troops in Syria. You have Turkish troops on the border and edge of Iraq and even in Iraq. You've got Turkish involvement in the northern part of Lebanon now, all right? Lebanon is, is considered a weaker nation, um, and so they're bringing in their stuff, their weapons, their troops under the guise of bringing humanitarian aid to Lebanon. If you pay attention, this is all reported. Turkey is pumping money into the area around the Temple Mounts. The president of Turkey has been quoted as saying, we will call on Islam to ascend on the Temple Mount and take the Temple Mount from the Jews. And I know this is offensive to people, but you know what? This is in the Bible, all right? So I'm not just gonna pick and choose. This is what you're living in. This is going on right now, all right? Turkey just had a naval exercise confronting Greece over gas lines. They're warming up their military. They've got a military buildup. They are not a poor country, all right? Look, and, you know, just, just the signs, the hurricanes, the wildfires. I mean, who, who, who heard about the inland hurricane in Iowa? Who heard about that? It was on the news for like a day. Never, I, I, never, I never knew you could have an inland hurricane. All right, there was about a month ago. This is going to be a controversial statement, and if you've got a problem with this, then call the CDC. I'm just quoting you their facts. CDC, you know what the CDC is? It's the Center of Disease Control, saying 94% of the COVID deaths in this country had underlying conditions. The latest report from CDC is right now COVID, all right? If you get the COVID virus, you have a point. Zero, zero, nine percent of dying. In other words, influenza has a higher chance of killing you than COVID right now. They're very quietly reporting this, but I'm just reporting the facts, okay? Because you're not hearing this, all right? You know, we're all wearing masks on a point zero, zero, nine percent, all right? Then we should have been wearing it when the influenza, right? And what, what was that other thing, um, H, H1N1? All, I mean, okay, so you've got France, all right, which is, which is part of the EU, the European Union, telling Lebanon who they want as the next prime minister of Lebanon, all right? So if we could put the smaller map up, I just, just to give, you know, in that big map of the Middle East, right in the middle on the Mediterranean Sea, the smaller map, I believe, of just, 
You can see Israel down there in the tan and Lebanon in the green right above Israel. All right? You see why Lebanon is so key. It is so key. And now you've got the European Union, all right, which is where the Antichrist will rise out of, all right, telling Lebanon who they want as the next prime minister. I wonder why they would want that. So the EU is now exerting pressure by trying to put their own puppet in control of Lebanon, which is just north of Israel. They will be successful. The Jordanian group that's supposed to be uh, neutral filled in a one-foot crack, deep-seated crack on the Temple Mount, all right? And, and this is supposed to be untouchable, all right? And, you know, there's so much there that's, that's not discovered, you know what I mean? And they're obviously t- trying to hide things. You can't, Israel's saying you can't close that up. That's an international archaeological site. Um, I, this was significant. I don't know, you know, that, that ram's horn, that shofar they, they used to blow in the old days? September 18th, it was blown all over the nation of Israel. This has never been done on the Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah, which is around the time. Um, a lot of people, Joe Morris, my mother, believe, Billy Brim, believe the rapture will be coming. You will not know the day, all right? You will not know the day, but if you study it out, all right, it's very clear, um, and I, I make it real clear in a series I did about three years ago on the end times, I did seven messages, and I really, it took a whole sermon to explain how the Bible is indicating the rapture is coming on the Feast of Trumpets, all right, which does not give you the day, but it gives you the season. Um, you know, Russia intercepting B-52s over the Netherlands, got within 100 feet, hit their afterburners, which is extremely dangerous. Yes, they've been doing this for years, but the more so they did it under the previous administration, believing there would not be a response because there never was, but now they're willing to take the risk with the president we have in office now, which has been proven to be a little bit more aggressive militarily. There are more verses in the Bible showing us what we're going to see before the Lord comes than anything else in the Bible, all right? Anything else in the Bible, there are more verses in the Bible telling us about what we're going to see. And the, the Lord's doing this because he wants us to have a heads up. I know this is very basic for a lot of you, but I know there's people in there here that have not heard this and um, that, that need to hear it. Israel was made a nation in 1948. Jerusalem was won back from the Arabs by the Jews. Okay? The, 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 the nation... The, genera- the Bible says the generation that sees Israel become a nation in 1948, all right, will not pass away before the Lord comes again. Well, that was 72 years ago, all right? That was 72 years ago that Israel was made a nation. That generation will not pass away before the end comes. And we're right at the end of that generation. Uh, all this has been prophesied. A lot of this is backed up in that seven-part series um, that I did three years ago. The Hebrew language has been restored completely. 
Uh, you've got the Jews being brought back to Israel. That's in the Bible, the fertility of the land of Israel. It was a desert before the Jews settled, settled there in 48. Very few people lived there because it was not fertile. And again, if you visit there today, they will point out how fertile it is. If you want scriptures three years ago, these messages, it was called prophecies, signs, and events of the end times. Prophecies, signs, and events of the end times. Um, it was one of the few good things I have done here because it's the second most watched series on YouTube from the, out of this church ever to John Hagee. And his, first, his was on the end times. Also, look it up, prophecies, signs, and events of the end times, seven messages. And uh, I'll spend a lot of time giving the base scriptures in that series for these basic and flatly obvious fulfilled prophecies. You know, you know they have found fish in the Dead Sea. Are you aware of that? Have you ever swam in the Dead Sea? It hurts to swim in the Dead Sea. If you have a cut on your body because of the chemicals and the salt in the Dead Sea, um, it hurts, all right? Nothing can live in the Dead Sea. That's why it's called the Dead Sea. Yet now they're finding live fish suddenly in the Dead Sea. Live fish, why? Well, what happens is because in the millennium, there will be fish, and it, 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 will, it, will, it will be alive with teeming with sea life. There's foxes showing up in the middle of the city of Jerusalem on the Temple Mount, prophecy, okay? That's spoken of in the Bible. Now, just recently, this has been seen, okay? The ritual baths around the Temple Mount filling up with water suddenly, been, been dry for years. You know, these baths were created to be filled with natural water from the rain. Suddenly they're filling up. The Bible speaks of all these things. We talked about this in the series, 102, 172 different species of predatory birds that have never been to Israel, that were never seen in Israel, have suddenly migrated to Israel out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And you know, the last time I was in Israel, a couple of years ago, our Israeli guide said, I got to show you some pictures. I just preached this. And he said, I got to show you these pictures of these birds. These birds, they're just showing up to him. I'm like, what? You got pictures? And he's showing me these pictures. See that? Because he's a kind of a bird guy like me, right? And he's showing me these birds. And it was just confirmation. You know, people are wondering, what are all, well, the Lord calls them in to clean up because there are so many dead bodies. First, after Ezekiel 38, Armageddon, what is it? What is it? Chest deep in blood? Chest deep in blood after Armageddon. So many people are going to die after Armageddon. It's going to be chest deep in blood. The fowls of the air will clean up. The Bible says we'll clean it. Let me tell you something. Why suddenly? What a coincidence. 172 types of predatory birds that have never been there before are suddenly migrating there. Wow. It's all just a coincidence. So why is this happening? The Bible calls on these birds. It's going to be millions, if not billions of them to clean up. And they're going to hang around after Ezekiel 38. They're going to hang around another six and a half years, and they're going to be there after Armageddon. Don't be deceived with all this theology that the rapture isn't going to happen, all right? 
That's, that's coming big, real big, all right? Just like Enoch was raptured and things were handed off to Noah, just like Elijah was raptured and things were handed off to Elisha, Jesus was raptured in the end and things were handed off to the church. The church is going to get raptured and things are going to get handed off to the Jews. The seven-year period of the tribulation is just like what happened with Joseph. Joseph revealed himself to his brethren. Jesus is going to reveal himself to his brethren after the seven-year tribulation. All these signs, men being lovers of themselves. What do we got, 100 million selfies a day? <laughs> men being lovers of themselves? I mean, would, would we even thought of that in the 80s? Click, click. <laughs> you know. I saw a selfie of Scott the other day. On a, no, I'm just kidding. Okay, so listen to this now. The last time we had four blood red moons in a row, Four blood red moons in a row on Passover and the Feast of Tabernacles. When's the last time that happened? The Six Day War, 1967, when Israel took back the Temple Mount from the Arabs. Coincidence. Okay. When's the time, the time before that? Four blood red moons in a row. 1948, the year Israel was made a nation. Time before that? 1492, when the Jews were kicked out of Spain. All right? You had the Bethlehem star. Again, that is a <laughs> miracle in the heavens. And if I, I spent, actually in that, in that series, I spent a whole sermon on that, explaining that. It's a sign from God in the heavens. You want to know about the Bethlehem? It, it's a whole sermon. Um, I just want you to Google Mercury doing a flyby of the sun. Who's heard of that? Raise your hand. Nobody's heard of that. The planet Mercury went down directly. Like if you look, if you're standing on the Temple Mount, it looked like it went directly down behind the Temple Mount. It's sundown. All these signs and signals in regards to Jesus' return. Why does he do this? And I'm going to do this on occasion just to update you, right, once we get more and more of these. And so, because in this time, it's easy to feel as if there's no way out. You know what I mean? No, he wants you expectant. He tells you to be expectant. He tells you to be expectant. He needs us to be hopeful. He needs us to have hope. It's one of the things that will get you through in these end times.